0: We stay on the East Coast and look at the NFC East draft classes. Welcome into another edition of the Prospects and Props Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, continuing our draft class recap series. Jamie, today, like I mentioned, we stay on the East Coast and we hang well, sort of kind of, because we go to Dallas and they're not really in the East Coast. They're kind of like the they Southeast, are nowhere but they are nowhere
1: the near the East Coast.
0: Never mind. Alright, so with NFC East is what we're doing here on the show today. Uh, draft class recaps. Uh, we are gonna go through all the teams, and like I said on yesterday. Show, I think this is going to be more fun because I think there's more positivity coming out of these draft classes than there were in the AFC East yesterday. So we'll recap all of them. We will rank them and then we will go through the, the conversation of did anybody close the gap? Did anybody get better after their draft class? And so, Jamie, we start with the team that went 14-3. and We're first in the NFC East last year, the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, or should I say the Philadelphia Bulldogs? the Georgia Eagles, the mayors of the SEC, specifically Georgia. We'll go through this entire class. Uh, Jalen Carter in the first round from Georgia. Nolan Smith in the first round from Georgia. They mixed in an Alabama offensive player, Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, Illinois safety. We went back to Georgia in the fourth round with Keeley Ringo, Tanner McKee in the sixth, and Moro Ojomo out of Texas in the seventh. That is the Philadelphia Eagles draft class. And putting aside all of the Georgia Eagles and Philadelphia Bulldogs jokes, Jamie, let's talk about this draft class.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they got two players that were continuously mocked to them at the number 10 pick both in the first round Uh, they got Jalen Carter they move up one spot with the Bears to secure him who quite frankly let's take the off the field racing coachability concerns take put all that aside for now was somebody that was seriously debated as the best overall player in this class for a long time they get him at ninth overall Nolan Smith I think a high upside highly athletic uh outside linebacker edge rusher type player for them is an instant plug and play player for them love his upside Tyler Steen I think is an underrated tackle prospect they get him early in round 2 you know he's somebody that I think they can develop you know into that that tackle role that has now been vacated by Andre Dillard uh, as that like primary backup option for them. Sydney Brown, stud at the Senior Bowl, really rocked up safety that I really like. Keely Ringo, a guy I was shocked to see fall this far, goes into the third pick uh, of the fourth round. They end up trading up for him is in the massive trade up to get into the top of the fourth round. You know, take a flyer on Tanner McKee, take a flyer on Murrow Jomo. This is a really, really strong class for them where, you know, I, I see two instant starters. I see three players that could be three additional players that could be starters within two or three years uh, and a potential future backup quarterback. Uh, That's – I don't know what more you could ask for out of this class. Sure, they were armed with some top picks, but I don't know how you can be anything other than thrilled if you're an Eagles fan right now.
0: Uh, There's been uh, some stories floated that other NFL executives are upset at the amount of praise that Howie Roseman has been getting in recent months and years. Well, guess what? You put together a draft class like this, you'll get the
1: same amount of praise that Howie Roseman has gotten. And I think it's worth noting, Howie Roseman took a lot of criticism up until about last year's draft. So it can go a little bit the other way. It's a way roller coaster well. ride is, of being a fan uh-huh. and being a general manager. Well, uh, it, it, it's like being a quarterback. You get all the praise and all the blame. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you deserve to get some of the flowers at the end because you're sure as shit going to get the blame if things don't work well.
0: I think this is the perfect mix of identifying current needs that a championship-level, championship-caliber team needed to address. They had a mass exodus in the offseason when it came to their defensive line and in the trenches. Well, guess what? Their first two picks addressed those immediate needs and got them impact players. I think long-term, we talk about safety being a long-term concern. We talk about corner being a long-term concern. A little bit of an aging offensive line. Their next three picks, I think, address that. And then two flyers in the back half on a quarterback that could be a backup for a very long time in this league. And again, another swing on a pass rusher. So when you look at being a general manager and understanding your championship window, I think this draft is one of the first exhibits I would bring up, uh, uh, at least from this year's uh, draft, of a general manager knowing exactly where his team is at, knowing exactly what his team needs, but also being able to forecast into the future. And that goes beyond Howie Roseman. That is an entire front office that is in unison. They are collectively rowing the boat in the same exact direction, and they know exactly, what they needed to address. And so for this, we, we yesterday it was slightly above average, maybe above average average. This is the highest tier I think I could give a draft class is what I would give this. Not just because the talent of player, but because the positions they went out and acquired fit with both the short and long-term need for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll spoil it. This is my number one class in this division, and I think everybody else is oh, okay. chasing
1: well, this group. Okay, I thought you were going to say the number one class in the NFL. No, no, no. There's another team that there's another though. team that has that spot. Uh, there's another uh, team no, that has yes. that spot. Yes, this will be the best class in this division. They get instant impact starters on a Super Bowl contending team. Have some flyers for long term upside. Uh, this is exactly what you want out of a draft class. And I'm glad that Howie Rosen wasn't afraid to make some some move around the board a little bit to make sure that he secured Jalen Carter. Make sure he secured Keely Ringo. I'm uh, not letting, uh, not looking a gift horse in the mouth, and just grabbing Nolan Smith at thirty and saying, "You know what? I, I didn't expect him to fall to me. We we're just gonna add him anyway." Bulldog jokes aside, uh, I don't. You gotta be thrilled. You got to be thrilled if you're an Eagles fan right now. This is exactly the type of class that you hoped your team would take coming off that Super Bowl run.
0: Yeah, you have two first-round picks, including a pick inside the top 10. You got to make the most of it. They at least, again, right after the draft, I think everybody feels universally that they did exactly that. All right, Jamie, the Dallas Cowboys, 12-5, second in the NFC East, chasing those Philadelphia Eagles. Let's see if their draft class matches up. It's Mozzie Smith in the first round. It's Luke Schoonmaker in the second round. It's the Marvian Overshone in the third. It's Vilemi Fajok in the fourth it's Asim Richards in the fifth Eric Scott Jr. in the sixth the greatest story in the NFL draft Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round to the Dallas Cowboys if you have not seen the clip of Deuce's father who works on the scouting staff I I think he's the assistant director of college scouting for the Dallas Cowboys making the call to his own son says do you want to come to work with me next week Go if you've been sleeping under a rock go find the video please yeah Jalen Brooks to close out this draft class in the seventh. Jamie, I like what this team did here in the first couple of picks.
1: Uh, Apparently we're in the minority. Really? Um, Yeah. There's a lot of angst among Cowboys fans on social media about this class. Are they upset they
0: took an interior defensive lineman with their first pick? I think they're upset about the first two picks. I got to tell you, as somebody who predicted Mozzie Smith to the Dallas Cowboys, I'm all in on this, right? I mean, there's some bias there, clearly. But this is what they needed on that defense. They needed somebody in the interior, and they've been searching for it for years now. And I think they take the swing on the best interior defensive lineman in this class, other than Jalen Carter, a real true D-tackle. Mozzie Smith, I think, fits exactly what the Dallas Cowboys. You don't think Dan Quinn can get the most out of Mozzie Smith?
1: Yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. I think this is a team that's going to need to be able to stop the run a little bit more effectively. Mozzie Smith is an instant starter week one in an area of need on that defensive line. I like Luke Schoonmaker as well. I know he has probably flown under the radar in the process, um, given just the, the quality of tight ends at the very top of the draft, whether it was Michael Mayer, whether it was Dalton Kincaid, who they got jumped for by the Buffalo Bills, versus was Darnell Washington, who, again, we did not know had some medical stuff until – uh, you know, we got a little bit later in the draft. But Luke Schoonmaker is a guy that is loved by one of our scouts, Keith Sanchez, a lot. This is an impact player for them. And I think he gives them adds to a very dynamic tight end room now that already has, you know, Hendershot and Ferguson and actually creates a really intriguing trio of options for Dak Prescott there. I like this pick a lot. I think DeMarvion Overshown Overshone in the third round. I would not be surprised if this guy develops into a, a quality NFL starter. He's got the size, physicality, scoring. physicality. Absolutely. And they'll start to see, he'll wear like anywhere between 1 and 87 armbands. Now, on well, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, because he wore no armbands at the Senior Bowl. To, to my disappointment,
1: a guy did sure. not wear a single armband. It was very disheartening. But it's, uh, again, I, I see him having a long-term role in the heart of that Dallas defense. You know, Rasim Richards, I, I think, could develop into a potential starting guard uh, at the NFL level. Maybe he can be a swing tackle for them. He was another guy that that had an appearance at the Senior Bowl. Uh, look, and then you've got some other pieces there, like Vilemi Fajoko, I think, is more of a developmental pass rusher. Uh-huh. But maybe that's, that's a day three flyer that you take late in round four. You know, Eric Scott Jr. Uh, is again a, a flyer. Deuce Vaughn's a fun story. Uh, I, I think he's a RB three type guy going forward, and he'll be the RB three there behind Pollard and Davis. But. Again, you you could always use options because who knows what, if Tony Pollard's going to be in Dallas beyond this season. Jalen Books a worldly flyer in round seven. Uh, I, I know this might not be the sexiest draft of all time, but I think this was a good meat and potatoes draft, for lack of a better phrase, for Dallas. That I, I think this is a, a really above average draft. It's not quite as good as Philly's. They didn't have the same capital at the top as Philly did. But I really think Dallas had had a very – you don't usually use this word around Dallas drafts because usually they're the sparkle, they're the sizzle, they're the sexy. I think they had a very practical draft. I thought they were very solid in what they did. I thought it was, it's one of those drafts where you look around and you go, you know what? I think they, did a, they had an underrated job for this team.
0: I I agree 100% again I love the Mozzie Smith pick I think it's exactly what they needed in in terms of being able to stop the run I mean you're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles twice a year who I know Jalen Hurts can throw it, but their identity is running the football you don't think Brian Dable and the New York Giants are going to run the football with Saquon Barkley in the backfield right we know what these teams identities are you gotta be able to stop the run Mozzie Smith I think goes a long way to being able to help that Jamie you mentioned Luke Schoonmaker and I don't know if we talk enough about this pick he could beat out Jake
1: Ferguson to be the tight end one on this team, legitimately. Uh, oh, I, think- w- I mean, he will. Uh, right. The question is whether it's week one or not. So, it, it, again, the tight end transition from college to the NFL is more difficult than people give a credit for. He will be the tight end one soon enough for
0: that. Game. So we got a legitimate pass catcher, and guess what? All Dallas Cowboys fans are screaming to get additional pass catchers. Maybe you didn't get it in mm-hmm. the traditional wide receiver sense, but you got a pretty good one in Lou Schoonmaker. Uh, the Yaseem Richards pick, Jamie. That that's a great, I think, backup guard for you this season. Your two mm-hmm. guards going into this year are going to be Tyler Smith and Zach Martin, guys who've had some injury history. So to be able to have a nice backup option, again, a depth piece, a guy that you take a flyer on that you don't really want to have to start, but if you need to start him in a pinch, you've got that. Ability while you develop him. I, I like this. Demarvin Overshone, I think, is going to be a home run. I mean, listen, they've got a linebacker group uh, that includes Leighton Van Der Esch. We know the, the injury history there, so they're rotating guys in. I think DeMarvian overshone's is going to be able to develop into a role. We mentioned the physicality that he brings. I, I like this class. Is it flashy? Is it wow? Did they draft a, a top-end wide receiver and a top-end running back and make a spot? No, no. But, but they checked the boxes that I think they needed to check. This team won 12 games a year ago. Twelve.
1: It was a practical draft, which is not usually a word we associate with the Cowboys, but it was practical. Steve won not tw- like what they so did. They won twelve games. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dak Prescott didn't play all the games last season. Do I and check my if, notes on if, that one? Is that and correct? If you remember, there there was a brief period of time where people were worried about if they would catch the Eagles ever so slightly toward the end of the year. Obviously, it's, they didn't. But so there was some conversation about it.
0: We, and listen, I'm not the biggest Dak fan in the world, but we went twelve and five. If we get consistent quarterback play and he's healthy. We've improved in areas that we need to improve in. You can't complain.
1: think they're in a good spot.
0: Yes, agreed Except 100%. The fact they're in a
1: tough division, but well, it's a, it's yes, a good spot for them to be in.
0: I, did they get better is the question, and I think the answer to that yes. is yes. They got
1: better, and they got better in areas they needed to get better. They didn't just get sexier. They got better. The New York Giants,
0: 9-7-1. and one. The, the surprises of the 2022 NFL season. They go into it with a higher draft pick than I think we all anticipated, picking 25th in the first round uh, after making a trade. Um, yeah, this we'll is their draft class. That. Deontay Banks... Corner from Maryland. John Michael Schmitz on day two and round two, center out of Minnesota. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee in round three. That's their haul on the first two days. Then on day three, it's in the fifth round Eric Gray. It's Trey Hawkins, the third in the sixth. It's Jordan Riley, D tackle out of Oregon in the seventh. And Gervadius Owens, safety out of Houston here in the seventh. Jamie? This entire draft class is going to be dissected in what these, the, what the players of the first four picks become for the New York Giants. That is what is going to make or break whether or not the twenty twenty three draft hall for the New York Giants was a good one.
1: Well, and really the first three guys, and I think the first three guys are instant starters for them. Uh, uh, you know, Deontay, agreed, agreed. I think you know Deontay Banks with all, I I think will beat out Cordell Flott for that second spot opposite of Dory Jackson. Uh, you know, look, he's a guy that rose late in the draft process. Was somebody that uh, was coveted and did. I mean, I feel like he visited every team in the pre-draft process. He was a <laughs> highly coveted corner. The Giants felt like they needed to move up just to avoid any chance that they wouldn't get him. Uh, instant day one starter for me, for them. John Michael Schmitz is the best interior prospect, interior offensive line prospect in the draft, in my opinion, uh, unless you want to count Skuronsky as a guard. Uh, but he's the best center in this draft. Day one starter for at a position that was a huge. Huge weakness for the Giants is that interior offensive line at times was a bit was a weak spot for them, Uh, and I think they need a a guy like John Michael Schmitz to step in from day one. Will improve not only their run game but help keep Daniel Jones upright in himself. And we got a chance to you know to to meet with John Michael Schmitz at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Really good guy, really got his head on his shoulders. I think will be a great fit there. And Jalen Hyatt, who's a guy that was linked to and rumored to go to New York throughout the entire draft process. They get him, you know, early in the third round uh, as their, you know, heavy speed guy to add into a roster full of kind of possession slot type receivers that they have on their roster and a lot of horizontal speed guys, but now they get the vertical speed threat and Jalen Hyatt. All three of those guys I expect to be instant contributors for this team. You know, Eric Gray comes in to compete for the the backup running back mix. And then you take some flyers like you have Trey Hawkins from from Old Dominion, Jordan Riley from uh, from Oregon and Javarius Owens, the safety from Houston, you know, our, our fine depth picks. But to your point, Chris, um, I like what they did here. I like the fact that they added starters because despite the fact that they were a playoff team last year, this was not a roster you look at and said it was a playoff caliber roster. So they mm-hmm. needed to add instant playmakers and they did that. Um, I, I'm not the hugest Hyatt fan, but I think in the third round is, is appropriate value. Love the first two picks. So this gets a solid grade for me as well. And, I'm really curious to see, you know, how quickly that those three guys can get up and rolling because if the Giants want to surprise again, and right now they are not favored to be a playoff team, if they want to surprise again and have a winning record, they're gonna need instant contributions from all three of those guys early and often if they're gonna sneak back into the postseason
0: the weakness of the Giants offensive line was up the middle that was where Daniel Jones got the most pressure they've got their bookend tackles and Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal Andrew Thomas who's fifth year option they picked up yesterday they needed help up the center up the middle and they got that in John Michael Schmitz they needed uh, wide receivers this is the wide receiver depth chart and in whatever order you want to put it in these are the names that are competing to be the top three options for the New York Giants Isaiah Hodgins Darius Slayton Paris Campbell Jalen Hyatt Sterling Shepard Wandell Robinson Jeff Smith, Jamison Crowder, Colin Johnson just some of the names that I listed they yeah. needed help and I included Jalen Hyatt but that's why they needed to go out and get Jalen Hyatt they took Wandell a year ago, they went out and got Paris Campbell in free agency they added some pieces to be able to help them but they still needed something to get them over the hump they hope Sterling Shepard can come back I think there's a group here Jamie that can emerge that I i look at Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandell Robinson as th- those four guys I really think could be the future here. I know Darius Slayton Isaiah Hodgins were good last year I think those other four
1: names could emerge higher up the board and the question for the Giants is is how are they going to mix and match these guys because there's a lot of slot guys Sterling Shepard played primary slot Wanda Robinson is considered a slot guy Paris Campbell played a lot of slot in Indianapolis you know a lot of people look at Jalen Hyatt as a potential slot option Uh, so I mean you you have a lot of those guys you're gonna have to kind of see how this rolls and you're gonna have to see how they rotate guys and even like even predominantly slot receivers still play about half their snaps or 60% of their snaps elsewhere. So it's not like there aren't 100% slot guys uh, in, in the league. But we're going to kind of have to see how they mix and match and move these guys around and can kind of see what combination, who can win outside, who can beat, like, who's their ex-receiver? Is going to be a guy like Colin Johnson? Is it going to be a guy like Isaiah Hodgins? Like, who's going to take on these more traditional roles for them? Uh, I'm really excited to see how that plays out. But let's be real here, and, and Chris, you know this from our internal staff meeting that we had on Tuesday. We had the Giants ranked as a bottom six receiving core mm-hmm. in the NFL. We got off on a tangent about receiving cores, and we started ranking them all, and the Giants ranked in the bottom six. So uh, there's still plenty of work to be done here, but I like what they've done so far. Still not convinced this is a playoff team this year, but it, this is a team that played well above the sum. Of, their sum played, a, I should say, is they played well above the sum of their parts. Last year, easy for you to say, and they do it again. Yeah, it really wasn't easy for me to say, Can we do it again? And we believe in the coaching staff, we believe in a lot of these things, but there's just some concern. You know, what if Daniel Jones takes a step back? I don't think that's unreasonable to think. What if they just play up to their talent level this year instead of above their talent level? I mean, in any of those scenarios, they're not a playoff team, but specifically looking at this draft window, I think they did a pretty solid job of adding key playmakers to areas that they wanted. And guys we knew they would target as well and, and can't complain about what they did. Those first three picks, like Eric Gray is an Eric Gray pick, but like it's Saquon's backfield, at least for this year. We'll see if there's a long-term outlook there. Those first three picks all have to click this year if the Giants are going to make the postseason.
0: Uh, I I think an important disclaimer discussing the conversation that we had about wide receivers and and the the passing offense for these teams, Uh, we didn't include tight ends, and and that's important in this case, because if Darren Waller, Waller, that's a difference maker, that changes the outlook. And
1: and Bellinger. Right, we were just looking
0: at at true wide receiver options,
1: and I think that's important. But I think, Chris, even if you included the tight end picture and opened it up to the league, this is still a bottom I, quarter. I, of
0: I just didn't need the YouTube comments in my tweets to be like, you yeah. forgot about Darren Waller. No, no didn't forget about, about him. Didn't forget about him.
1: Want to make it very clear that that's exactly what we did. Uh, the last... Also, by the way, needs to stay healthy. 100%. So, a lot of injury risk in this pass catching group. Quite they, tra- frankly.
0: they traded a third-round pick to be able to get Darren Waller. So, that they used one right of their again. draft picks on Darren Waller.
1: Great trade I Love that they did it. Yep. I'm just saying... This there's there's still more to be done in this pass catching group, but I like what they did so far. I was a little surprised they didn't draft the second receiver. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I really thought they might, and I know they only had set. They only had like seven picks. Did you see the report really that they were they eagerly
0: double-get. looking to trade up to get Zay Flowers? Did you
1: see that report yesterday? I, I did not. Apparently, yeah. they weren't quite eager enough.
0: Well, that's thank you. That's a very good uh, counter to that because they didn't want to give up the price tag ultimately, but they were interested.
1: And again, I, and I, and I'm I, I guess, guess I am kind of being a jerk, but I, I like those reports and I understand it and I understand there's only so much value, but like. You can move up and get anybody for the right price.
0: Uh-huh. You could you can move you can move, you can can move anywhere. anywhere. In the draft. Yep, you can move anywhere in the draft. You just got to be willing At to pay whatever the price. Yep. You just got to right Yep, you got to be willing to. Yeah, I saw it was a it was a report this morning and it says league sources said the Giants were actively trying to trade up into the first round with Boston College Jay Flowers to believe their top target. So, they were actively trying, not not hard enough though. They didn't
1: should call the Patriots. They would have moved back again. They would have
0: moved back again One, Washington. 100%. Speaking of Washington, they picked in the first round as well, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. total picks in this draft class, eight, eight, and one. The, the team last in the NFC East. It was Emmanuel Forbes, corner <laughs> out of Mississippi State, with their first pick. It was Jartavius Martin, safety out of Illinois, with their second pick. Center, Ricky Schromberg out of Arkansas, with their third pick. Braden Daniels, Utah offensive guard, with their fourth pick. KJ Henry in the fifth defensive end. The typical day three Washington running back selection in the sixth round, Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky. And Andre Jones, outside linebacker from Louisiana. With pick number seven, Jamie, this is the meh draft of the division. It's just meh to me. They address some needs, but I don't know how much better they got. We had Christian Gonzalez sitting on the board, and we took Emmanuel uh, Forbes.
1: Yeah, that's the I tough mean, one couple, for me. There, there, there's a couple things here. What I'm in like with this draft. Oh, just a, we're just in like with it. We're just we're kind of yeah, like, like I, I don't like like this draft, I just like this just
0: draft. Just like this draft, okay.
1: You, like, I'd go on a coffee date with this draft. Ooh, like,
0: only a coffee. Okay, all right, walk me through this. So it's coffee date. Well, no, coffee date would, would come after the first date or before the first no, date? No,
1: no, 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 no. This is like first date, coffee date during the day type of draft. I've so never, like, I can not, tell you I've
0: never done that. I've never had a first date be a coffee date. Never, never happened. Oh, I have. Really? Yeah. That's weird now to me. Now I live what, with what, her. What? One, don't drink coffee. I hope she was I hope she was in earshot
1: and heard that. Um, one, don't drink coffee. So it'd be a little tough to, to fake my way through that. Two But it wasn't a day. It was night. It was a night it was a night. It was a post work. It's different. It's a different vibe. It is a different vibe. This is like I didn't know coffee Saturday shops were, were coffee. open after like two PM. Yeah, yeah, Chris coffee's a so coffee. you can get iced coffee all the time, Chris. Well that, that's it's not what know. I meant, but okay. So we're in but, like okay. with this so, coffee date with like, the
0: Washington commander.
1: I'm I, 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 yes, I'm i I'm forming an exploratory committee about whether or not this, this draft is great. Okay. okay so uh, l- l- let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is the opposite of the size of Emmanuel Forbes, which is also not the player we thought they would take when Christian Gonzalez fell in their lap. Uh, but I don't want to talk down Emmanuel Forbes. If Christian Gonzalez had gone one pick before this, I think people would be perfectly happy. Yep. I understand that that's not how this worked. Um, but we knew they were going to probably take a corner here whether it was Deontay Banks, Jory Porter Jr., Emmanuel Forbes. Somebody was going to go here, and I, and I like Emmanuel Forbes despite his diminutive size. do takes the ball away. So, I mean, I'm really excited about that for this Washington team that can be aggressive against some of these other offenses in the NFC. So I like the pick, um, even if I would have gone another way here. Uh, Quan Martin is a really physical player. Uh, he's going to probably play that nickel role for for Washington. Again, I like the player. Not sure I love the value in that spot. Ricky Stromberg, uh, I think, is a solid pick in round three. I think he, again, late, late in round three. 34th pick of the round. Uh, could be somebody that that gets playing time pretty soon. Same thing with Brayden Daniels, the guard from Utah. So I like those two interior offensive line picks there in the third and fourth round. You know, KJ Henry is a, is a solid flyer in the fifth. You know, Chris Rodriguez kind of gives him a little bit of a different element in the backfield, a little bit mm-hmm. more of a thumper for them um and i just like chris as a person so uh, i'm gonna give that one a, a really high grade andre jones a worthy flyer from louisiana i like it it's fine um it, it gets an average grade for me i think it would have ranked higher if we did the afc east um oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah show uh but it's fine uh i think i would have like the first two picks i liked but i feel like i liked other better players at each of those spots but i don't dislike the guys that they got and i don't want to I don't want to knock guys because of my personal preference per se when they still got good players at similar positions that they needed. Uh, so I like what they did here. Um, they've added some key pieces. I think they're going to get at least two year one starters out of this group, if not three, depending on how their interior lines of line works out here in camp going forward. But I, I give it a solid average. And I think if you want to say this is the worst draft of of the NFC East, I think you could say that. But then I would say there were no bad Drafts in the AFC.
0: Uh, I would agree with that. I would tell you right now. Here's here's what I'm willing to say. I think you and I both are going to have Philly one. Yeah, and I think you and I both are going to have Washington four. Yes. I think where we are going to differ is what we do with two and three. Okay. I have New York two, Dallas three. I do as well. Really? Okay. I, you the way you talked up Dallas's draft, I thought you were going to flip flop them. I think the impact talent at specific positions the Giants got were better than the talent. That Dallas got, in my yeah, opinion, I,
1: I think they're very close. And I honestly, if you could put those two in any order, you could flip them, and I would, um, I could get there.
0: But to me, getting getting help of the interior, getting a, a corner that you, that you desperately need to be able to shut down, be, have a shutdown corner yeah. in the NFC, and I think getting a wide receiver which you desperately needed, I think they got some top end talent at some positions. Like, and, the, and I think the, that's, the, the Cowboys the, went D tackle and like tight end, and like it's tough for me well, to like.
1: I would put them almost at a tie, but the tiebreaker for me from New York is that just the desperation of filling huge needs yes. right away.
0: Yes. But I think
1: Dallas, like I said, Dallas was very practical. I liked, I like what they did. And I think when we look back, there's a very good chance that Dallas is going to have one of the better drafts in the NFL. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if that ends up happening in, in hindsight, when we start just looking at pure talent and where they fit in versus just addressing needs right away. But I think the Giants got more year one impact starters right away. So if I'm going to put a tiebreaker, that's where I'm going to put it. But I, I want to be clear that those two are in their own tier together. And I, I would, if you want to argue Dallas over Giants, I won't fight you on it. I really want I really like Dallas's draft despite some of the negative reviews it's gotten on social media. Here.
0: Okay, we have to do the, the hard part now. We have to determine if any of these teams close the gap. And I got to tell you, Philly, there's no gap to close. They just, yeah, they, they were they were on top. The, I have a hot take. No, I Philly had too good of a draft for anybody else to have closed the gap.
1: Yeah, I, I really like, feel I, the same about this now. Right. And, and again, New York addressed some needs, but as I said, there's there are still a lot of roster questions we have with this team. That, quite frankly, still is as weird as it sounds. After they won nine games, won a playoff game, they're in year two of a rebuild. And I, I know their season last year complicated matters and it led to a Daniel Jones contract extension. It might lead to a Saquon Barkley contract extension, but this is still a rebuilding team and this roster still needs some other pieces. And if you go, you know, just take a look at the roster from top to bottom, you could see there is a clear gap between what they have and what the top two teams, Philadelphia and Dallas have in their division. And I think it's, it's a significant gap. They made up for it last year with good coaching. They made up for it last year with just again, playing above the sum of their parts, but uh, they, they're, I don't know if they're a barring something crazy, there was nothing they could do in one draft to fill all the holes that they had in their roster. The other two teams above them are just too complete. It's a
0: process, right? They're they're a couple of
1: years away from having a fully built-out team. Yes, but there there is some danger in what they did this offseason. I don't want this to, to go off on a rant, but paying Daniel Jones what they did complicates the rebuild a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: You're locked in now, money-wise. You have to kind of build around Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, and it takes you – like it also allows you to be just good enough to not be in these other QB conversations. Like you would need Daniel Jones to completely implode to be in the the Caleb Williams, Drake, yep. May conversation, right? So like – he and, and I don't foresee Daniel Jones being that bad. But if he splits the difference between old Daniel Jones and new Daniel Jones, you're going to be sitting in that pit of mediocrity right in the middle of the draft and – again I'm not but if he's good again you might be able to start build building around him like again you don't know but it complicates things a little bit for the Giants even though they're still in a rebuild you know I, I like the things that Washington as I said but I, I gave it a fine they got some pieces that I can contribute but to, to me I think the, the only thing Washington is fighting for is the third spot in the division uh and I would not be surprised if I, I got everybody kind of has them in the Drake May. Caleb Williams conversation. I think they're better than that. They might win many games. Yep. Again, unless Sam Howell's awful, which I don't anticipate. Um, I don't think he's going to be great, but I don't think he's going to be awful. Where this is a team that's picking in the top three, um, uh, they they just kind of feel like teams that are going to hang around the wild card picture, hang around that seventh seed. But I'm not sure either one of them actually gets there.
0: The NFC East. We close out the, the book on the East Divisions here. We're going to go out West starting tomorrow. It is the AFC West. The next team's up. So four more teams, four more draft classes, four more breakdowns for you here. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Schubert underscore. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. Uh, you got the YouTube version of the show as well at the Draft Network on YouTube. We appreciate everybody listening to the show as we go through this draft class recap series. The East in the books. We've got the West coming up tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We will talk to you tomorrow.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing
0: to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.